welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch Podcast. I am one of your host, Jay Christie, joined as always by first-time fan of Psych, my good friend, Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Jokic is a thug! He's dangerous! So we're recording this during Game 5 of the NBA Finals, and so by the time you hear it, either the NBA Finals are over, or, um, I think technically, I'm not sure when the next game is, but we might be going to Game 7 after this, right? Yeah, because the next game's got to be on Wednesday or Thursday, so... This will come out Friday morning, so you know. I hope it. I hope it goes to Game Seven and the Nuggets get cucked badly. I hope it doesn't because I can't stand the heat. Heat. I hate heat culture. It's annoying. Heat I don't need to hear about. Story. I. I. If I never hear the name Max Struess ever again, I will die happy. Um, you know. Also, the thing is, I've been someone who's been on the Jokic's good train for a really long time, and I don't know if I could deal with the discourse if he blows this finals. I just can't do it because I. Oh, it was, man, it was an I uphill battle that. for many years. And I, I, I need vindication because I'm wrong so often with sports. I'm almost always wrong. Also, well, you're drinking Aperol Spritz in a bottle? Hell yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I was going to get the Grimace milkshake for tonight, but it's raining outside, so. <coughs> oh, what is that even? What is that I don't even know, but it's a milkshake that's purple. <laughs> and I'm a mark. <laughs> okay, fair. Also, I just love Grimace. Um, great guy. Um, okay, it's a vanilla shake with a berry flavoring, so it sounds pretty fine. good. I mean, yeah, I, the thing is, you know me, my one of my, I I think, I want to say, there might have been one or two years of interruption, but at the very least, out of the last ten years, I've gotten a Shamrock Shake, nine of them, during St. Patty's Day season. So, usually on the Thursday that the NCAA tournament starts, but not always. I don't think I've ever, it's just a mint a mint it's shake, a mint right? shake. It's not like, the thing is, you have to be a real, like, sugar degenerate to like it, but you're looking at Uh one, baby, so. Oh my god, okay, I'm looking at it. Yeah, there's a whole Grimace meal. It's just 10 Yeah, unfortunately, I can't eat the the nuggets, but I could get the shake, so. Okay, alright, well, I hope you can. Um, No, I definitely can. I can drink their uh, milkshakes. No, I mean, I hope you can get your hands on it. Oh, yeah, no, no, there's a McDonald's within five minutes of me. I was going to go before this recording, but it's raining, and I didn't feel like getting wet. You know, that just would be a waste. Like, I'm I'm a, an idiot, but, like, the thing is, if it was if t- it was a one-day thing, I would have gone. But, like, I tomorrow exists, <laughs> you know? Yes. yes. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Grimace. Although, I'll say this. We're going to have a discussion about Grimace in, I think, sometime next season. Because there's a great one of my favorite jokes on the show is about Grimace. But we'll get there. Um, really? A thing that truly, the amount of effort it is taking me not to say the joke, given how much... When I hear the name Grimace, I always think of a line that is in the show. Truly, every time. So, um, and it's about Grimace. Yes. Okay, I'm in. Um, anyway, it's in one of the best episodes of the show, in my opinion. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. We're talking about Dislodged, which is not one of the best episodes of the show, but you know, it's an episode, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's now it's about like uh, one of those Elks Lodge or like one of these like it feels like it's actually not quite an Elks Lodge. It feels like it's fancier. Um, it's more like a, like a Mason Lodge. Yeah, right, Mason's, right. Masonic. Yeah, I don't really have any experience with Mason's. Um, I I feel like one of the biggest drop balls here is that they didn't go enough into the weirdness of it. Like, when I first saw the episode, this was not true. But having now seen the film Eyes Wide Shut, this really should have been a full-on Eyes Wide Shut parody episode. (laughs) I mean, it would be much better, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I just think about uh, what's it called? Um, yeah, they should have gotten into weirdo stuff. 
like, oh, what was that show? Lodge 49? Did you ever watch that? No, I never did. It's pretty good. Should have kept yeah, but there's because there's some weird secret society stuff where like you know, uh, what's it called? The Bohemian Grove, you know that type of thing. Where, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Either actually sacrifice stuff for the devil, or they just like parade around and act like they're doing that. Um, both are equally likely to me because like on the one hand, it's like maybe there are people who are actually sacrificing stuff, but also if you told me that like the richest people in the world want to play act you know, rituals because they want they have no actual things going on in the real life, I'd be like, yeah, I believe that too. <laughs> you know, both are equally plausible to me. Let's um, join. Let's join. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, we start off with another secret society, which is the Sean and Gus Club, which is what Sean and Gus create when they're kids. Um, now, there are three rules. One, no girls. What's number two? Uh, no old men. Yes, you had to be under 12. So Henry's out, yeah. Yes. And what's Gus's rule? Uh, you have to speak with good, perfect grammar, I think. Perfect grammar. And then Sean says that's the best rule you could think of. And Gus promotes, uh, corrects him the of which you could think. Which the thing about this is, like, technically speaking, they'll tell you you can't understand this is a preposition. But that's nonsense. That's a, basically, in Latin grammar, that's true. And for some reason, back in the day, snooty people translating things into English were like, well, English should follow the same rules as Latin, which that's just dumb. Like, English is not the same language. So, end your sentence with the preposition. It truly is not an issue. It's, uh, and if anyone gives you guff, tell them I said they can go fuck themselves. It's a thing I care yeah. a lot about because I think it's such a dumb rule. Yeah, I don't really care at all. So, yeah, moving on. Uh, <laughs> um, what if I got. Infinitive, if you split infinitive, we might have issues. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I'm kidding. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, <laughs> so I, my whole thing is I little Gus. I love little Gus. He's awesome. He's great. He's precious. Little Sean should burn in hell. Yeah, he's a dick. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I'll be honest. I like second little Sean better, mostly just because I think Skylar Gisondo is a great comedic actor, and I think Liam James has uh, the face of a child actor who understandably is not getting work as an adult because he looks – like a kid perpetually um but uh yeah. yeah i'm looking at him now he's uh yeah he did not... yeah, liam james just has he just looks like the kid that like was in a big house and would like be like oh you don't have an xbox and a playstation okay which you know skylar gasando is that kid from book smart licorice pizza um, oh yeah licorice pizza is where i remember him from yeah okay he's so funny in that i mean i know you're not a fan of that movie but yeah, it's, it's a great funny. movie great movie um, anyway, he's also, I mean, he didn't book smart. He's great. That's probably my, that's my favorite performance of his. But anyway, um, so we then learn that Sean and Gus are at a restaurant in the present day. And we learn that, uh, Henry canceled a mountain trip with him and Sean because apparently he's sick. Um, he sounded pale over the phone, but yeah. as is always the case in any movie or TV show, when someone cancels something cause they're sick, what happens immediately after that? They get busted for actually not being sick. Exactly. Um, yeah. It just so happens, uh, what's it called? Henry rolls down the street, like, basically is parked in front of, like, the restaurant where mm -hmm. Gus and Sean are eating. Mm -hmm. um, which, I don't know if you noticed, on the food, uh, they have, like, four French fries, like, on the plate. Like, what's going on here? What's I don't know. Room? I saw that they're eating French dip, which is always a good idea. Gus was eating French dip. I think Sean was eating fish and chips. Right, right, right. But, yeah, French dip is always a good idea. Um mm. I'm a fan of, I think you and I are agreeing with this, and this is going to sound gross, but, like, anything that you can get, like, soggy bread is always, I'm always a fan of. I mean... Oh, hell yeah, dude. 
Uh, there's these uh, this place called Philippe's. If you're ever here in LA, we'll go there. They had the French dip. It's I, there's no way I can eat it, which is fine. I just, just yeah, that's right. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But it's um, cool because like because you can order it the French dip with the bread already soaked before. Like, what I used to do, I think that people who are who never lived in New York would criticize me for because they said that this is not a thing you order at a diner. But sometimes they'll go to I, we go to diners alone all the time. Which now that I really can't eat anything at a diner, I mean, it sucks I can't do. But it's one of my favorite things about being in New York. Go to diner alone and eat. I sometimes I would get an open faced turkey sandwich with gravy on it. But sometimes I would get a meatloaf sandwich with brown gravy on the side and just dunk it in. And people were like, why are you getting meatloaf at a diner? It's like, I'm not getting a meatloaf at your, like, freaking diner on Route, Route 25. I'm getting a, at, like, a really good upscale diner in New York and a uh, great meal. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we fo- they follow uh, Henry, and he goes to the Monarch Lodge, and he gets in mm-hmm. with a special handshake. And mm-hmm. uh, Sean gets in, too, because he memorized the handshake. And Gus gets in because Sean tells the security guard that Dr. Guster just inseminated an Appaloosa. So. Is that a horse? I think so. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm not a. I, I didn't grow up around horses. Um, yeah. Same. You know, Ronald Reagan once said the best thing for the outside of a man is the. Sorry, the best thing for the inside of a man is an outside of a horse. What does that even That's mean? True. Well, what he means is that, like, riding a horse is good for your spirit, but if you take it in a gross way. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you think of a Mr. Hands video. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Lord. Have you ever seen that video? No. I've avoided all those videos. I actually have. <laughs> I'm sure you have. It's <laughs> not one of those viral gross videos that I would... I would not believe you if you said you didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I just watched this video actually today. Um, we can cut it, actually. Um, it's of this, I guess, this like scene at a strip club in mm-hmm. a Latin American country. Mm-hmm. Um, where one guy is definitely like having sex with the stripper, and this other dude is like right in front of him, mm-hmm. and he let's just say uh, the guy in front mm-hmm. is uh, yeah he loses his uh, his stuff and it gets all over the guy. Oh. Uh, yeah, really I'll be honest with you. I think that, and I'm gonna cut this out too. I think I always <laughs> laugh at because I'm a sicko. Is like anytime there's a video of like people like being like super gross in public, or people be like fucking in public, but you have a guy in the behind the camera that's like, oh man, what? What are you doing? I always laugh at that. Like, the grossness of the fucking is always outweighed by, like, the come on, man, there's a public. Um, but no. Uh, I, I never saw, I think, because one of my, I'm a little young for some of them, but, like, even, like, the only, of, like, the cursed images, obviously, like, I've seen Goatsy, but that's really about it. Um, I hate that one. Um, I mean, no one likes that one. Telegram? No. No, I, I'm, I'm familiar with all these, but, like, I made sure to... Two girls, one cup? No, I'm not, no. <laughs> I've seen that one. I never oh, saw. I never saw the the Pain Olympics or the. No. Okay, that one I thought you did. No, I haven't. I hate that shit. No, I, that's too no, no, no. for me. Yeah, I, I think is I will, like. I think actually I would be fine with two girls one cup. Not that I would want it, but like I wouldn't. But like, uh, anything with like internal organs and stuff is always like that's kind of that's where you. Like, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. the video, Fair. for example, the one time where like the the uh, the the gif of like the model airplane coming out of the girl's pussy, like that's funny. You know what I mean? Like that's not that gross. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of that. Oh, that's classic. <laughs> uh, oh my god! I mean, uh, yeah, I need. Uh, I'm gonna do some research. Um, anyway, uh, so let's take it back. To <laughs> one. And so they go into the lodge, and it's clearly distinguished people. You got Harry Truman on there, a guy who looks like Moby. Um, 
and uh, a former postmaster, Chuck from the Wonder Years. And then there's a, fo- a picture, a portrait of Henry Spencer. Um, right next to a portrait of a lady that, on fire. There is a portrait of a lady on fire. And also Dorian Gray. Uh, he's looking like shit in the f- portrait, but what do you... Oh, wow, he's looking great. Wow. Strange that that's the same guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's his name? What's his, wait, hold on. What's his name? Stuart Townsend? Is that him? Yeah, that's him. Uh, yes. Oh, in uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Alex Gentleman, G. Yes. Yes. Shouts to yes. a movie that's like simultaneously made the director retire from directing and Sean Connery retire from acting. <laughs> a real double real... whammy. I also love that, like, Dorian Gray, in order to make him, like, a superhero, it's like, uh, he regenerates because of the painting. <laughs> I've, I've never Which is not what the story is. The story is just that he doesn't get old. <laughs> it has nothing to do with his... He doesn't have, like, superpowers. Right, um, right, right. Anyway. Anyway, anyway. Um, so, it's a bunch of robe people, and there's a dead body on the floor, and Sean notices some specks on his face, um, and that's the first clue we get. Yeah, there's some specks on his face, um... And yeah, like you said, first clue. Um, and yeah, it's just a weird scene because it's just like a bunch of dudes in a in a bunch of cloaks, just mm-hmm. looking really weird. Kind of reminds me of the end of uh, the World's End. No, not the World's End. Uh, Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's basically Henry. Sorry, not Henry. Sean thinks that there is a murder that mm-hmm. has occurred. Yes, um, and Henry is upset with the lodge because they called him in, but he's like, I'm not a member and I'm not a cop. Like what? Call the actual police, you know? Um, right. And so Gus, though, at the same time, while Sean's having kind of a crisis about not knowing this about his father, Gus is realizing that this is a fruitful opportunity for his pharmaceutical sales um, mm-hmm. because there's a bunch of doctors, you know, on his route or that could be on his route there. Um, and so we learn that uh, Henry faked the illness because to investigate this. And um, Sean says, like they said, like mentioned, his name Mr. Arthur Holstrom was murdered. Cut to Lassie and Jules. Jules gets Lassie's coffee with three creams, four sugars. You want to talk about a, a real sugar fiend? Um, yeah, that's a lot, man. I know. I that's, um, and so they learn. They hear over the radio that there's an eleven forty four at the Monarchs Lodge, and uh, strangely, Lassie throws his coffee and speeds away. Yeah, he's he's on the case, um, and we'll find out why he has such a pep to his step for this call to action. Um, so, yeah, so we go back to Henry talking to Sean, and he talks about like how in this in this particular place mm-hmm. he shouldn't be going crazy with his reckless, reckless assumptions. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want him to do the psych shit, mm-hmm. and Sean, you know, rightfully tells him that like it doesn't seem like many of these members of this lodge seem to be very upset with the fact that. Uh, Holmes, Arthur Holmstrom has been killed. Yes. So, yeah, Henry and, kind of mentions at this point that not a lot of people liked him. Exactly. And Sean's drilling down in the line, and he's like, what else are you lying about? What really happened to my cat, Sherman Meow? Which is a great name for a cat, but I'll just be honest with you, there is no way that a red-blooded American like Henry would let his son name the cat, Sherman Meow. There's a 0% chance that he'd be okay with that. Correct. Yes. Absolutely. Now, Sherman Meow, great name for a cat. Yeah, unfortunately what we find out is that uh, the cat was actually a female cat, so technically it would have been a chairwoman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the chairwoman becoming a chairwoman. Now talk about a cultural revolution. Anyway, so uh, we also learned that chairwoman got sent up to a farm in Ohio. But um, they, so they're asking, like, oh, is this your son about Sean? And they want to bring him in as a legacy. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, at this point, Lassie comes in. And he is apoplectic that 
Sean is there, and he learns that Sean's there because of Henry, but Lassie thinks that that's impossible. Yeah, apparently there's... I, I forgot, is the code within the lodge or within the police? The lodge. The lodge. Yeah, apparently they, at some point, decided to ban law enforcement officers. Well, no, they, they didn't. Like... The whole idea is it's a lie, because they made it up to keep Lassie out. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I, that completely went over my head. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't want unseemly characters on yeah. the on, on in the lodge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Lassie thought that they didn't let cops in, but it's really just they didn't let him in. Um, and this, who sang this, is none other than Irving Parker, played by the late great legend, one of our favorites, I think, Phil Baker Hall. Um, just one of the one of the best ever to do it, um, and also a member of the Monk and Psych Hall of Fame. He's in both. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, he doesn't, he's like, he's not crazy great in this episode. He doesn't have, he's kind of just one note, but I'm always happy to see him in his hang, hang dog face. Yeah. You know what? I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, it's always going to be, <laughs> I like simple pleasures, like butter in my ass and lollipops in my mouth. Just that's just me. I'm a simple guy. Of course. Uh, that line in Boogie Nights is one of the greatest things ever said. Uh, and yeah, he's just always great in everything. And he, mm-hmm. we learn, is Lassie's separated wife's father so he's soon to be ex-father-in-law uh so yeah. it's a bit tense and they very much have that relationship uh mm-hmm. yeah uh, irving doesn't seem to like lassiter at all and you know we know carlton lassiter quite a bit so i can't imagine that it's completely unreasonable to not like lassiter yeah. but yeah but. we just get the vibe that like he just fucking hates his ass so Lassie pulls and Jules go aside, and Juliet's basically like, "Why you shouldn't do this case? You're too close to it." But Lassie insists on doing. He needs to be a hero because you can tell he thinks that he's gonna, you know, win his wife back over if he or like something like that. He's gonna win Irving's approval if uh, he solves the case. Um, and so, yeah, as this is going on, we see Gus schmoozing, um, you know, getting phone numbers, setting up appointments. Um, and, uh, right. Cause, cause I don't know if we said it, but basically what we see is that the uh, pop, the a large part of the population of the members of the lodge are like in the medical field. Exactly. So Gus has a lot of, uh, you know, potential business. And something that Sean notices is he sees, uh, Arthur's portrait at the top because he's like the new president or whatever, that it was moved from like the fifth position to the top position. So that's strange. That's usually not how lines of succession go. Um, just a little thing to keep an eye on. And, um, yeah, Henry orders, um, Sean to steer clear of the lodge to not, um, investigate this. Uh, and, yeah, so, as they're going out, they see Henry's painting, which is funny, obviously. Again, they have a little moment with it. Um, and then, uh, really we good cut portrait. back to the office. Yes, uh, we go back to the office, and Gus is beaming. Sounds like he's yeah. got a date, but no, I mean, no. yeah, technically what he does. What does he say? Did you write it down? Ooh, no. He says, 11 is perfect. I'll be there with bells on. Yeah, okay. Which what? is, Sean points out his thing middle-aged women say, and I have to occur with that, because the only person I know who's ever said that is my now, I think, 84-year-old great-aunt would say that all the time. <laughs> Is that like a thing that people say? Yeah, like you're on the I'll be there so excited I'll be there with bells on, so you know I'm there. Like that's like it's basically like a idiom meaning I'll be there excitedly. This sounds like some white people shit. It is white people shit, but I mean Gotcha. Um so anyway, uh Sean's look doing some research to this uh, Monarch's Lodge. It, they seem very culty online, and we learn that he died during a star ceremony. 
Um, mm-hmm. And as it's going on, there's someone lurking outside in the shadows. Yeah, yeah, we get we get an outline of somebody. I thought at first it was multiple people, but yeah, it's just one person. And you know, Sean and Gus think that it's maybe some members of the lodge who don't want uh, this case to be investigated. But no, actually, it's just Carlton Lasseter. He's there, and uh, you know, I think this is where Sean and, and Gus like kind of figure out that he's got this case has taken on more significance for Lasseter. Exactly. So Lassie wants them to investigate. Um... And uh, but he can't hire them for the department, and he can't pay them. But he will cover their expenses, and honestly, that's not that's good enough for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I can't imagine they are uh, accruing uh, a ton of expenses. Just yeah, but they're gonna, you know they're going to lie about it. That was the thing. Yeah, of course. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so te- technically, Laster just says you know this would technically be a favor. So. They accept, and you know, the next day we we cut to the lodge, and it looks like Sean is he's he's a legacy member. He's joining exactly. I he's mean, it, it it's got to be pretty easy to be a monarch if being like a somewhat employed psychic detective gets you in. Um, Do you think they're involved at all in the going ons of uh, of Godzilla and and Kong? What do you say? The monarchs. Hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. That's the name saw- of the thing, right? What, the Monarch Project or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. I mean, I have seen all those movies, and I did see this. I did see Godzilla vs. Kong twice. Um, but uh, once was on HBO Max, and then a few weeks later, I was like, well, my friend, Mike Springthorpe, wanted to see a movie in theaters for the first time back. And I'm like, well, let's see Godzilla vs. Kong drunk. And I did that. Um, anyway. Uh, nice. I think it's the monarchs, but yeah. If you sh- if Charles Dance's character was just in the corner of the lodge wearing a robe, I'd be like, yeah, that checks out. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. But have you seen him? Like he's you know he's like freaking jacked. Anyway, that's not here or there. Yeah, um, I did know that. Yeah. Did we talk about this? We might have talked about this. No, we uh, didn't talk. Oh, okay. It was me. It was me and Michael Sprinkler. But yeah, because I had known that, and I didn't want to like say that anywhere because it's a weird thing to bring up. But then I get a text from Sprinkler when he's like, "Did you know Charles Dance is jacked?" And I'm like. Is it better or worse if my answer is yes? <laughs> like, I did know he's jacked. Um, yeah, anyway, the, man, the man Chucky is dance. Yep. Um, and so Gus is snooping around, and Sean is noticing that it's all business as usual again. And then he also notices that he knows the thing I mentioned about the ranks, um, and that one of the people that he leapfrogged, the person who was going to be in line, was Irving Parker. Uh, and then we also notice some charitable donations, which one of them is obviously a parody of Cars for Kids. There's computers uh-huh. for kids, toys for kids, and clothing for kids. Yes, correct. Um, and so what's next? Maybe murder for kids. Exactly. Um, and then Sean sees like one of the relics, I guess, of the of the of the lodge and their their ilk. It's um, it's the shroud of Charlemagne. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep, and not the one super... on the Breakfast Club. Is that a thing from the Breakfast Club? What the Breakfast Club? No, I'm oh, sorry. The I mean the radio show, like the Charlemagne the God. Oh, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. All right. Um, yeah, I was gonna say like yeah. Apparently, the Shroud of Char- Shroud of Charlemagne is about a hundred years old. So there's no. I mean, maybe Charlemagne the God did wear this one because yeah, there's no well, way the other Charlemagne. That's, also, that's mad dumb. Charlemagne lived like a thousand years ago. Why the hell Correct. are you naming it? Like, just kind of feels stupid to name it the Shroud of Charlemagne if Charlemagne didn't wear it. But ah, I'm not the one in charge. Um, they might have anyway. gotten away with like the shroud of like uh, 
Parsons, Jack Parsons or something. I'd buy mm. that. Yeah. So, um, Sean's kind of confused how Gus has had this time to make sales. He, but he chalks it up to sales rectitude. Um, and at this moment, as we're leaving, Lassie calls, and it's clear that he's very um, interested, and he's pissed that Sean joined. Yeah, obviously now this takes on a different significance for me because I didn't catch that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Sean gets to do something that Lasseter wasn't able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they so they're both on the phone while this is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean doesn't know that Lasseter is tailing him essentially. And they both hear a motorcycle on the phone. So obviously they're next to each other. So mm-hmm. Sean gets in the car and Lasseter gets interrupted by a phone call from Jules, who is mm-hmm. kind of irritated with the fact that Lasseter is sharing details of a case with Sean, even though, I mean, they've blurred the line several times before. I don't see mm-hmm. what the deal is with this one. But yeah, basically Lasseter is still trying to keep up the illusion that this isn't like a case that, that he didn't hire Sean for the case. That he didn't. Exactly. Like, yeah. And so, but the, the piece of information that Juliet has is that the mm-hmm. toxicology report is inconclusive. What it comes back is that his blood had trace elements of the venom of the Brazilian vine snake. But, is that a real thing? I think so. Who knows? Um, but there was no bite marks. Just a little skin irritation on his face. So what could that possibly be? How do you have, uh, how do you have venom in your veins if you haven't been bitten? The answer, of course, you're Eddie Brock and you have a symbiote on you. But there was no symbiote found in this crime scene, so it's not that. Yeah, yeah, it's not that. Uh, maybe next time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, now we know Henry is with Sean and he's pissed that Sean joined the lodge and tells him he needs to reconsider because he thinks it's dangerous. So mm-hmm. I guess that's the whole new thing. Well, it's not that new, but essentially it's always Henry telling Sean that he needs to quit because it's too dangerous for him. Exactly. Um, and so Henry's pissed at this whole snake theory because obviously he didn't get bitten. So, but, you know, think about something you can see. Look at the pecking order. And this is when Henry points out that Irving was the one who was in line who got skipped over. So clearly that is some motive. So they go to Irving's place. He does an import-export thing. He's, little, he's a regular art vandalay. Um, and uh, they try to, they, they're trying to get in. And Gus has a way of getting in, which, you know, Sean mocks him for it, but they get in. So... Yeah, he's he's really feeling himself this, epi- this episode. So, respect to... Yeah, because the thing is, he is... Like, he does from Super Seals, because he's good at it, you know? Like, he's good at schmoozing people. And, uh... But the other thing is, you know, I guarantee you loves the phrase of being with bells on? Old-ass doctors. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so... <clears throat> yeah, uh, Irving's all pissed off to catch them there. He mentions that, like, they're not at the lodge. They're at his place of business, so you can't be really mixing these things. And, like, you know, Also, I do want to note that Gus makes up a nick- uh, name for Sean. He says William Zane, which is funny. Yeah, I, it, it escaped me until he called him Billy after. Yeah. I'm like, he could have come up with a better nickname, but, yeah, that works. Um, and, yeah, Irving doesn't make his feelings not known. He's very, like, dismissive. He wants them out. He basically kicks them out. And on the way out, Sean mentioned – he sees, like – some shipping crates. Obviously, it's an import-export business, so mm-hmm. that's going to be around. But mm-hmm. uh, Sean notices that there are some airport codes, specifically from Brazil, which is where this Brazilian and, wait, uh, vine snake. How does Sean know what those airport airport codes are? 
uh, from the month that he spent living in an airport, which that was Gus... that was Tom Hanks in the terminal. I, that is one of my favorite bits. There's only a running bit because it's so varied, but that will Sean will say something and Gus will be like, "That wasn't you. That was insert person and thing." Yeah, I still want to know how he knew those airport codes, though. I don't know. You know, uh, stranger things have happened. Anyway, um, so yes, that they make him think he might be involved. And so Sean goes to meet with Lasser to give him an update. And the good news is they have a suspect. The bad news is cut to Juliet bringing in Irving and he's pissed. Yeah. Um, so Lassie's like nervous about the fact that it seems that Irving is the best uh, candidate mm-hmm. for having done this crime. Mm-hmm. And that's when Sean mentions that uh Irving does have his business in the area where that snake uh, resides. So despite that, Lasseter, you know, he finds it within himself to be able to handle the interrogation despite Juliet warning him about, but you know. he gets a phone call before then. Who is it? Yeah, from his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously she's pissed off about mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, and so, yeah, Lasseter wants to make sure he gets, the, that this goes through and this is 100% clean, no mm-hmm. fuckery. And he asked Sean to do some more investigating because he knows that even though Irving is a son of a bitch, he is not a murderer. So we then cut mm-hmm. to the interrogation room, and uh, there's a classic bit where Lassie's looking into the interrogation room, and Irving stares right at him, even though it's uh, one way glass. So, you know, good ways, good stuff. Yep. Uh, really, speaking of good stuff, always great to blow directly into the microphone. That's really a nice thing to do audio wise. Um, okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's like a hair. No, I'll, I'll, I wouldn't have to get rid of it, but it's always funny when... <laughs> um, anyway, so Sean is making a list of did-its versus not-did-its. And the problem is that there's a lot of did-its and no not-did-its. Yeah, and this is when Gus is like, suggests they look at the other Lodge members. Um, mm-hmm. Not because he has any sort of loyalty to Irving Park or anything, but just because there was plenty of people that didn't like the guy, so why not check it out? Um, yes. And... He, yeah, he had enemies. So we cut to Sean getting his portrait uh, painted um, for his place on the wall, which I think is a little premature. I don't think every member gets his portrait put no, on the I wall, don't. but no. Yeah. So um, that's when Sean asked the painter, like, why um, Holmstrom's uh, portrait got taken down so fast. And he answers simply with that all of his stuff was taken over to his house immediately upon death, which I don't know if this technically applies to something that belongs to him but sure i guess that's where we're going yes so they go to his house they sneak into it there's a fun gag with some automatic lights and they break in uh even though gus insists it was unlocked and because he since he's a widower the house is empty um and they go into his home office and there's a bunch of pictures of his wife and uh as they're about to start looking around um someone else breaks in and uh they have to hide yeah, they have to hide. They do a really horrible job of doing that at first. Mm-hmm. But eventually they both hide underneath the desk. And mm-hmm. somehow the person who broke in, I guess they found whatever they needed to like before they even got to the desk because they take mm-hmm. off. And that's when you know they notice that there is a um, I will just say, safe. there is a line here that was oft-quoted just because the delivery of it is so funny to us, my family, was, uh, it's hard to see when someone's knee in your eye. <laughs> 
that oh nay was something that we would say to each other occasionally. I don't know why. I just love the the delivery of it. It's just funny to me. Just because I love how indignant Gus is. It's hard to see where someone's knee you are. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was Sean. Sean. Yeah, I mean, there's Dooley Hill is just the king at and like enunciating for comedy. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, they see the safe, and Gus tries to break in because he's a, of course, a uh, subscriber to Safe Cracker Monthly, but he can't get in. But Sean thinks he figured it out. What, uh, what the code is? Yeah, he sees a, a photo of a strapping young lady, um, and he guesses her body measurements. And somehow, Gus has more of an idea of the female anatomy because uh, at first, Sean says she's a thirty-six, twenty-four, thirty-six. Mm-hmm. And Gus laughs at him when he figures out why he gave him those numbers, and he says, "Obviously, she's a thirty-six, twenty-four, thirty-eight." And sure enough, that's the code. Uh, they they get in it, and there's like two ledgers in there. One mm. that seems to be for well, they're both about charitable donations and mm. like you know accounting, general accounting stuff. But one of them is clearly somebody who's cooking the books, and the other one is the legitimate ledger. So yes. Yeah, basically um, everything on one ledger is about like they're giving ten thousand dollars more to charity than they're reporting, um, and so Sean originally thinks that it's uh, Arthur who's cooking the books, but Gus points out that I mean sorry that other way around Gus thinks it's Arthur cooking the books, but Sean is like no this is his notes he's figured out someone cooked the books, and we notice that it's in a doctor's handwriting because Sean thinks it's in some code but it's just in that doctor scratch. Um, and right. I do love that Sean's like, how sure are you? And Gus says, 85, 86%. And Sean says, well, we've gotten much less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. So we cut to Lasseter with Irving um, mm-hmm. in the interrogation room. And he's just being a harsh bastard yet again. And, you know, Lasseter, to his credit, doesn't take it. You know, he mentions like, I, I don't know what he mentioned specifically. I forgot. But well, the he's thing just, is, one thing he says is he says you're someone we call a hostile witness, which like just pisses me off because a hostile witness is, is a term that exists in the courtroom. Like that's just not a thing. That's not a. I mean, people use that to mean just like a belligerent person, but it's a literal legal term that is a thing. So anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, he he gives like a he stands up for himself. Basically, is what he does. Like, um, you're gonna give me a straight straight answer in this place. You respect me. Yada yada yada. Yes, correct. And, and so what that. he asked him about is the line of succession. How is he able to skip ahead? Yeah, and that's when, uh, you know, Irving mentions that um, that Arthur had a health problem. So Irving, at the end of the day, was being incredibly magnanimous and just let him ascend um, to live out the rest of his short time as the leader of the lodge. Exactly. And he says, yeah. that, you know, he hasn't traveled abroad in three years, so he couldn't have gotten the snake. So they're barking up the wrong tree, basically, is his uh, what he says. And so they let him go, and it's clear that there's, even if there's not respect necessarily, there's a mutual understanding um, between the two. And so mm-hmm. now we've got to Sean and Gus, who have obviously been visiting doctor's offices to see whose handwriting matches. We're at the fifth one, and it's uh, Dr. Downs, who's not there, and Gus is trying to, like, schmooze the person at the front desk while Sean searches, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not working. But what Sean sees is a photo of charitable activity and a newspaper headline about powdered vaccines. Is that a thing? I don't know. I know you can powder some drugs. And I know that there's some vaccines that you can take non-intravenously because obviously this is one of the super hard things about distributing vaccines in uh, the developing world is getting them is 
obviously a lot of people are one super superstitious about needles or it's hard to distribute needles um so i know that there are non-needles ways to do vaccines but i don't know about powder got it i know i didn't uh, answer your question but yeah no that's fine um and so not only that but he also notices some of dr downs's uh handwriting on some forms or some notes mm-hmm. and he matches it to whatever was on the false ledger so sean gets they all walk out of there because he's solved it they call the cops and everybody's on their way to the lodge yes and at this moment they're doing a ceremony to swear in uh irving they, and sean interrupts it and um him and then will bear witness with gus's magic head uh and uh because hallstrom was murdered and he goes did it dr roger downs and it was all about embezzling uh and downs of course denies this yeah, he denies it. Um, he, he, yeah, he denies it. He just thinks like he's a doctor. He's like a man of the people or whatever. So, yeah, he denies it. But Sean mentions that uh, you know traces of the powder might might be on the shroud. So he gives it to Lazar to have that checked out because mm-hmm. apparently a small dose of this venom acts like a vaccine, but larger doses are fatal. So that explains like when the shroud was being put on yeah. um, his head. Over his head, that's why the, he has a skin irritation on his face. I, I do love that Sean says, you know, did people know that, that uh, in small doses, the venom can be used as an anti-venom. Who knew? I did, I did. Because <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I mean, I feel like I knew that. Um, you know, I feel like that was a thing that, like, Steve Irwin would tell you about. Like, you know, the, these people, you want to capture the boy, you know. Um, nice. Keep going. Yeah, I can't do accents. Um, all right. Um... So, yeah, so they, he's, so he gives all speech to my lawyer, et cetera, et cetera. And then Sean gives the credit to none other than Carlton Lasseter, who, uh, yep. in order to get him a chance to join the Monarch Lodge. Yeah. And, um, this is when Irving basically, you know, acknowledges that they don't have the best relationship, but he just might be Monarch material after all, despite what's going yes. on in their personal lives. And then, so in the wrap up scene, Henry invites Sean to the mountain man trip again, but, Sean's busy playing Tetris. Um, and he asked him, but Sean asked him point blank, like, why did you leave the Monarchs? And um, Henry gives a sincere answer that Sean is not prepared to hear. Yeah. Um, he His marriage is falling apart, mm-hmm. so he made a choice. And to him, the only membership that mattered was his family. And this leaves Sean a little gobsmacked. Mm-hmm. Obviously not too gobsmacked to not make a wise crack after the fact. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Um they're interrupted by the sound of some sort of construction or sound. And yes. um, it's Gus nailing Henry's Lodge portrait in their office. Yes. You know? and along with and Sean's. Along with Sean's. And they're both pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sean says, if you want, you can take it. And Henry says, no, it should stay there as long as you want it there. So Exactly. And so you can always you should, watch him. You should stay here, too, because I'm going to have to ask you, what do you give this out of 10? Uh, I gave it an eight out of ten. I gave it a seven point five. It's a pretty, it's fairly down the middle, you know. Uh, no, not not too good, not too bad. Um, but you know, has some fun stuff in it, some fun lines. Um, but if you want to hear some more fun stuff or musings about his stomach or chili dogs, Andre, where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the Jay Christie. Please rate, if you subscribe, share the show with the biggest psych fan in your life, and more important than that. Tune in next time as we talk about black and tan, a crime of fashion. 